The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody, and happy Passover for those that celebrate. I want to thank all of my Facebook friends for having an online Seder with me, because for those of us that have our families um, distributed throughout the United States of America, online seders are a way to connect. And I have to really give kudos to Facebook for allowing things like online Haggadahs to happen. It's the most hysterical, social, wonderful connection that anybody in the two-point world can possibly imagine. I also want to I want to promote a show that we're going to have in a couple of weeks on April 23rd. Really stay tuned for Stars of PR 2.0, because we have the preeminent authority, Ben Kepis, from Cloud Avenue, talking about the SAAS business, that's um, software as a service business, um, with some of the top experts in the field, FreshBooks, IACZ, um, Shoeboxed, Clarity Accounting, and CloudWorks, all talking on the line about this fabulous industry that's going to be well, it's going to be the service of our future. I think people might become obsolete and software applications might indeed take over. But you still need smart people to run them. So stay tuned. Next week will be a rebroadcast. And right now I have my friend and brilliant attorney, Robert Kahn. Welcome, Robert. Thank you, Cindy. Oh, you have a great radio voice, so you should really feel great from just saying those three words, okay? Yes. Can I hang up now? <laughs> well, let me tell you a little bit about Robert. Robert, Robert Kahn Law, specializes in uh, a list of things. It's an impressive resume here on um, his e-cards. He specializes in serious personal injury, medical malpractice, legal malpractice, insurance, bad faith, business litigation, real estate transactions and litigation, and he will do it either hourly or on contingency. So if you're listening to the show, listen well, because Robert's a good person to know if you're in trouble. Right, Robert? That's right, and I'm a damn good plumber, too. <laughs> plumber, and shall I say, a creative advisor in architectural redesign as well. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. I'll get so depressed I'll hang up. Oh, and there's nothing to be depressed about because the truth of the matter is if Architectural Digest was covering the renovation of your property, and we won't go into too much detail and I won't give your address, so don't panic, okay? But I'm just saying hypothetically, you know, you, you could be featured on the cover of a magazine for taking, you know, what was basically, you know, two shacks on some very impressive land, but two shacks, and making it into a castle. I mean, and you kind of oversaw that whole process. So you're a man of many talents. We call that a renaissance man. So have I pumped up your ego high enough? Is it, is it big enough yet? Can you get through the door? 
I'm I'm work I'm I'm gonna have to put some Vaseline on my head to squeeze it through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Going back to the stuff at hand, you and I have had lots of talks, and you know we could pass matzo back and forth as we're doing this, just like an online you know seder or something like that. Let's like break some matzo together and talk about some things that you and I are very familiar with in the popular culture. You and I have discussed Michael Moore and the movie Sicko. And we've talked about things like social medicine and, you know, retail medicine, for lack of a better word. You know, there's the Neiman Marcuses of medicine, there's the Macy's of medicine, and, you know, and then you have, you know, Walmart medicine, um, you know, and breadline medicine. So it comes, medicine comes in all shapes, sizes, forms, okay, in this country today. And, you know, because you work a lot in medical malpractice and because you know a lot about the insurance industry, we thought that your insights might be particularly enlightening, even if it's like, oh, my God, Michael Moore is a genius. So <laughs> with that said, let's talk about health care and insurance today. And the first question or the first issue that I'm going to bring up in the United States, isn't it right that everybody should be entitled to health care? Nobody should be turned away. Is that, is that correct? That's, well, that's my feeling and the feeling of a lot of people. I, we, when we talked about this subject, I decided, because I'm a neurotic Jewish person, <laughs> I, um, I decided to just you know, do some more research and reading on the subject. And I, I came to this conclusion, and I started to go back to the origins or the beginnings of the United States, you know, that... In the Declaration of Independence, it said that we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And how do you pursue life without good health? You can't enjoy your, you can't enjoy good life without good health. And freedom. <clears throat> well, you know, if you want to interpret the Constitution, I think we have the. How do you have freedom if you're not free from preventable diseases? Okay, so you're, this is a constitutional interpretation, Robert. <laughs> yes, I, I think when you had said to me, "Do we have a right?" to medical care in the United States, and I think we do. I think we have a legal right to it. Well, no, and that's, it's, you know, coming from what you do, that's actually an important interpretation, so I wasn't really being, you know, condescending in any way. I was really just kind of clarifying, and I think that's right, and if you were to approach any legal situation, what better precedent is there than the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, correct? Right, to try and push it through. I mean... You know, we're talking about as if uh, this is something that we think we should be entitled, you know, we think we should have. It would be a good thing. It would be, uh, you know, uh, when we try to play into the conservative argument, well, it'll actually be cheaper in the long run. I, I, you know, I love that argument. Well, it'll be cheaper in the long run if we take care of everybody. So come on, vote for it, you know. Not because it's the right thing, but because it's going to, oh, it'll cost less. You know, we'll save ourselves money. We'll all be richer. What's wrong with just saying, you know, in a country like ours, everybody has the right to access to, to good medical care. I am, and I think that's true. What, but there are things that have gone awry. Obviously, I know that, you know, you, you know, are an observer of news and, and culture. And when we got to the presidential election, you know, between, you know, the candidates between McCain, McCain and Obama, health care... And the issue became, you know, an emotional, you know, conduit. It, it was used very, very much in the debates, um, particularly, you know, the, the Democratic side 
had panels and panels of people, unfortunate people, who lost all of their money and were losing their homes and had to go bankrupt and didn't know, you know, how to pay for food because they engaged in some kind of, you know, health care transaction because they had to, right? You know, a man that lost his leg, you know, you take it out of central casting and the Obama administration found it for these town talks, right? Um, they weren't hard to find. <laughs> no, I, I guess There's not. 50 million uninsured Americans. And, oh, well, that's, you know, that's correct. I mean, so, how, you know, Robert, you know, when you talk about the Bill of Rights, you know, let's talk about the Bill of Wrongs for a second. You know, what happened with these people? You know, what happened that they lost everything because they needed a bypass or they would die if they didn't have it? And, you know, how did people become an insured, uninsured? And if a person is uninsured, how do they get the care that they need to stay alive without losing their shirts? Well, you don't become uninsured. You're actually born uninsured. I like that. Enough. That's good, yeah. Unless you're lucky enough to be born to parents who have insurance, and then I guess they get to add you on as dependent. But it goes back to the basic right of, you know, when we say do we have a right, and forget the legal, it's moral to me. Um, but it's if you, if you need to find a way to use the law to get it, you know, then that's the way you do it. But it's a moral right. And it's because that our government has not done the very simple, obvious thing of saying, you know, enough is enough. The insurance companies have made enough money off of uh, our country, uh, the doctors, insurance brokers. It's time for everyone to have a minimum, a minimum level of health care. And the problem is, I, I hear this argument all the time. Well, you know, oh, we really, uh, we have all the, you know, if you get in an accident or if you're seriously ill, you know, everybody can go to the emergency room. You don't have to have health insurance to go to the emergency room. You know, there are all the complaints about alien, illegal aliens coming over here, going to the emergency rooms. They go there for colds. So they're saying we really, doesn't matter that we don't have, you know, health insurance for everybody because we could, anybody can go to the emergency room and by law, and it's true, they have to treat them. The problem is preventative medicine. What good does it do you? If you go to the hospital and you've got a tumor that's been growing inside of you for three years and it's going to kill you, when if you had some minimum level of preventative care that was required by our, you know, that our government supplied to us, and they would catch these things so you could then actually, you know, live your life and happiness and pursue it. Oh, no, I, and I think, you know what, that's a very good point. And believe it or not, we are almost finished with this segment. I told you that this goes... Speedy, 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 fast. Wait, I have more to say. Well, you have three more segments oh. to go, sweetheart. I mean, you know, just because we're finished with the first segment of the show, it doesn't mean that you don't have another three quarters left. So you have many platforms ahead of you. I mean, don't worry about that, okay? That's why we take a commercial break. Somebody has to support me blabbing on the air, right? That's true. And having friends like you that I blab to about interesting subjects, particularly during this you know, religious time. I think that it's actually very timely that we're talking on the on the second day of Passover. You know, there's it, there's something constitutional and there's something very public service oriented and spiritual about the whole thing. That was the first thing I was going to say was Happy Passover. So Happy Passover. Well, I'm, I'm well, that thank I wasn't on you, your thank you, and you too. I mean, I guess we could have had some kind of seder together, but. 
you know, you, you saw that I was still at the office very late last night doing my online seders and doing, you know, public relations at the same time. I guess it's multitasking in a tight economy. What can you do? But anyway, listen, I want everybody to stay tuned for more with Robert Kahn from Robert Kahn Law or Law Offices of Robert A. Kahn, and he specializes in serious personal injury, medical malpractice, legal malpractice, insurance, bad faith, business litigation, real estate transactions, and all kinds of litigation. So, Stay tuned. Don't go away. More about health care, Bill of Rights with Robert Kahn in just a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. When you think about change in your life, do you think about yourself? How does that translate to growth in your business? The change we want to see in our business starts with ourselves as leaders and the impact we can make. Join host Linnea Hagen on a terrific journey that takes you from motivation to inspiration. Every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, listen for Abundance Leadership right here on the Voice America Business Network. Abundance Leadership. Grow your business. Grow yourself. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. Cindy Rakowitz, and I'm back with Robert Kahn, and we're talking about, um, I'm going to call this the Healthcare Bill of Rights, and I'm going to go with Robert's, you know, great analysis, analysis, I'm making up a new word, analysis about, 
you know, the right to health care and connecting it to, you know, constitutional rights and the pursuit of happiness. And, I, you know, yes, being happy is being healthy and having the right to be healthy. So it's very simple. You can't argue that, right, Robert? I don't argue with it. I, mean, I just argue with it with my Republican friends. Uh, well, you know, I think that's really true, but what do they say about constitutional interpretation? Oh, I know what they say. Sure. No, they'll be they'll be happy because of everybody else's misery. No, they go to the provision, right? They, well, they go to the provision that says that we have the right to overthrow our government too. Because, <laughs> you know, if it gets too liberal. By the way, we may have to cut this short. I apologize, but there's there's been uh, like sirens and knocking at my door, and I think it's the health insurance police. You must have a lot of listeners in the health insurance industry. <laughs> they want to arrest me for advocating socialized medicine. Well, you know what? We'll definitely get that in the front page of the New York Times, and then just imagine how great your business will be forever. <laughs> it's always worth getting arrested for one for for one use of freedom of speech. <laughs> right. Well, when I get arrested, they take me down to the police station. I'll have my two friends there protesting. You know. <laughs> I mean, it'll you know it'll make a big headlines. You know, let them. Oh, out. you know what? I can handle the press release for that. So you know what? A little a little arrest can go a long way. We've arranged to have people arrested before. I can't tell you. I mean, you know, PR people make deals with law enforcement officers because they get something out of it too. It's too corrupt, but it's really for the greater good. <laughs> well, you know, that, you know, when I brought up the word socialized medicine for a reason, because I also wanted to look into that, I, you know, because, you know, it's sort of floating out there, but it's actually such a very, um, it's, you know, socialized medicine doesn't really mean anything. It's just like this vague term. It's usually used by the people who do not want to see universal health care or health care for everyone. They, they tie it to socialism. They tie it to, tie it to communism. It goes back to, you know, the Red Scare, McCarthyism, all that. And they use that word, and it, and it really means nothing. It's you know, and it's just a it's a pejorative word that's used to you know get people to say, oh my gosh, we don't want socialism, you know, we don't want you know United States, and you know, and and, and it's not what that's about. It's that's just a word, but you hear it so much in the debate in the poli- in the presidential campaign. You know, the Republicans call it socialized medicine because they want to scare everybody. Right, right. Scare I that. think that's true. They want to tie it to. You know, the horrors of communism when you and I can have uh, an intellectual discussion about communism, it's really not as horrible as the right would like me. (laughs) You better be careful. You're going to have them knocking at your door in a few minutes. Oh, that happens to me all the time. Remember, I'm on a soapbox. That's what I do for a living. So, you know, them them taking me away, it's just a part of my life. You know, I take on people like the Cardinal and the Pope. You know what? To me, it's kind of like, yeah, try to mess with me. I always win. (laughs) Don't don't mess with Rabbi Rabinowitz, though. (laughs) He's tough. No, no, well, you know what? Rabbis usually are on the same side of the fence as I am, so I've never had any problems with rabbis, except they really don't like, you know, my Buddhist thing. But, you know, they'll come around. That's freedom of religious expression, isn't it? That's true. I thought we want to go off on too many tangents here. Don't we have any, everybody has a little Buddhism in them, don't they? I mean, even if they don't want to. Well, you know, I, we could get into the Torah and how I could do a whole Buddhist interpretation of the whole thing. But, Robert, if you're having such a great time on this show, we could do a whole other show on that one. Buddhism. Okay, well, then I'll have to read up on Buddhism. Okay, well, you know, we could all have talks about that, but, you know. I'll Google Buddhism. Okay. <laughs> Isn't the world, you have research at your fingertips. Isn't that a great thing? It is. In fact, I was less intimidated when I realized I could be in front of my computer, but I don't have time to do anything while we're talking. But 
Well, sure. You what? You can't multitask? Oh, I'm Jewish. You're, but you're multitasking all of these practices, and you do them well. Yes, you can multitask. Come actually, on. Actually, I'm writing a legal brief as we speak. I'm actually arguing a case. I'm in court. I'm on a break. Okay. Oh, are you? Okay, well, that's multitasking. I'm impressed. I Hold mean... on. Your Honor? Yes. <laughs> Plain of press. <laughs> Okay. It's it's fine. We could put the we could put the defendants, you know, on the phone too, and make it into a media trial. We've done that too. We do everything, just like you, you know, in law. We do everything in public speaking. So you throw it out there, we'll take care of it. Okay. No problem. Wait, what were we talking about? Social. Oh, we were talking about the word. Actually, we were talking about the word socialized. Right. Oh, Socialized medicine and the connotations and the rhetoric that political parties use when they label something as socialized. And I think that's a really good point. I mean, what, what is, you know, let's take away the rhetoric, let's take away the politics, and what does socialized really mean? Or what is it really? That's a question, Robert. Yes, I know, I'm supposed to answer questions, but <laughs> I actually thought I would pose them. You seem to be more knowledgeable than I am. Well, um, it's okay. You oh, could pose your own questions. Socialism but... is a, a, a really basically says that the government is going to pay for, and in medicine it would be that the government would pay for and deliver the medicine. It would have both ends, because there's really two elements to it. There's who pays for the health care and who delivers the health care. And, I, and, and it's purely socialized medicine. It's the government would pay for it. The doctors would all work for the government. The hospitals would all be owned by the government. It would be a purely socialized medicine state, which nobody is ever, it's never going to happen in the United States. And, it's just, and that's why using that word is just ridiculous. Right. Well, it, it, and the reason why it won't be used in the United States is because as long as there's, you know, I, I, I put it in the context at the beginning of the show of, you know, sort of retail packages, right? Right. As long as there's retail packages available on different levels, you know, the Neiman Marcus, the Macy's, the Walmarts, okay, it really can't be socialized in that context because people really do have a choice of what they can buy, right? Right. So, it's never going to be, and that's why using that word is just, your, you know, the typical scare tactics um, of, you know, of certain elements out there, we don't want to say exactly who they are, but the, you know their political party starts with the letter R, right? And um, and that's what they use. But it's always would that be would that be retarded, the retarded, <laughs> the retarded party. party. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not politically correct. So you cannot say retarded. <laughs> well, you said they it began with the letter R. I mean, you know, party. you you really opened that one up for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or is it the rabbinical party? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it starts with the letter R, and it's and it's followed by the letter U. I don't want to test my spelling here. Oh, okay. But... No, I, 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 no, I, I got you. And I, you know, and uh, you know, because America, Americans are sort of a herd that follows the leader. You know, every, you know, the people who are more on the conservative Republican. Republican side of things, you know, they just kind of get themselves into a tizzy about it. And, you know, there's no intellect, there's no analysis, there's just a tizzy, and there's anger, and then there's false information. So, Lots you know, of false information. You know, I mean, the, the false information about Canada, um, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. You know, they, 
I mean, I just I spoke to a friend of mine. I just like to get you know opinions from different people. I'm, you know, I try not, I try to avoid politics, but. So I was talking to a friend of mine who's a doctor, and he says, oh, you've got to wait six months to get an MRI in Canada, and you can die before this happens, and you have to wait in line for hours. And, you know, I talked to a friend of mine who's from Canada, and he said, you know, I never really waited in a long, I've waited in longer lines here. To, I've waited hours to see my doctor here. You know, I've I waited long, longer here to get an appointment with a doctor with my private health insurance. Um, you know, it's all these things thrown out about, and, and Michael Moore did an excellent job. You know, yes, he's my hero. I have to admit it. I'm sorry, even though he's fat. Shouldn't use the word fat, but you know, <laughs> he's he's just new, he's just um, sort of weight challenge. He's weight challenge, just like Rush Limbaugh. I don't <laughs> like it when people say Rush Limbaugh, that fat slob. Okay, <laughs> I mean because you know he's fat, but so's Michael Moore. And they might both be slobs too, in some ways. But well, you are an equal opportunity you... offender in terms of weight for both the conservative yeah. and the progressive set. I, mean, I have to give you that. <laughs> I mean, they're, they are. If you look at them, you'd say they're both fat slobs. Well, they were actually separated at birth. We're... When you look at them, they actually can look like a little bit. Can't they? It's scary, <laughs> but you know, it's what they want to do with the with the world that makes a difference. And you know, Rush Limbaugh. Well, we could get on his topic. I don't even. Have, I don't. Listen to that crap. Except it's so outrageous. Oh, but you know, listen, Robert. You know, I, you and I talk about the media, and you say that you know it's it, like the demographics and the business of the media is is sort of new to you. You know, it's not something that you're involved in. But do you know how many people? Rush Limbaugh has millions. You can't be on the air, you know, for as long as he has been without having a tremendous amount of followers. Such is the business of the media. So, I mean, whether you, the thing about Rush Limbaugh that's brilliant is whether you like him or hate him, you're, you're going to listen to him, right? Not me. Uh, I only listen to him when they're when they're bad mouthing him on Keith Oberman and John Stewart. That's, all right, but I'm still, a, it's because he. But we we have to agree on this. He's relevant. I mean, you might think that his points of view are not relevant, but in society, well, cancer's relevant too. <laughs> I mean, do we want to cheer about cancer because it's relevant, because it's there? Touche to that. Touche to that. We're going to have to send a copy of this podcast to Rush Limbaugh, and then you'll really be in trouble because it's not the law enforcement officers taking you away. Well, let me you're do my imitation, Robert. Bring them on. Yeah, Bring oh, on. You're going to be sat I'm on, Robert. And I have to fat. say, you're kind of a fit, thin guy. I don't think you have a chance if he sits on you. I have a posse. <laughs> I have people that protect me. I know. I, 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 I'm certain of that. But he's rather, he's rather large. He might just want to take you on himself. <laughs> he used to sell Charles Chips. And there's nothing wrong with Charles Chips. I actually had a friend who sold Charles Chips. Did you know that? I didn't know that. He started off as a Charles Chip. Have you ever heard of Charles Chips? I have. He was started off as a Charles Chips salesman. All right, well, you know, you can tell my listeners what it is because they're probably clueless, but I know it. Well, it's just, you know, these people. People go around selling chips and stuff to office buildings, just walking through, you know, going the elevator up and down, and, you know, you want some chips, you want some pretzels. Oh, I got it. You know, okay, so for my listeners' purposes, it's just one of those um, snack delivery people. But mm-hmm. listen, guess what, Robert? We have to take another break. How fast is this going? Unbelievable. Can I, I mean, I told you, it's like you and I breaking matzo together. This is like you, we know each other. We know each other's points of view. This is like not rocket science. It's just a blast. So. It is a blast. I hope somebody's listening. 
you know what? Well, people must be listening because, of course, they they go into the www.br public relations website, and I know I have a lot of those followers. But then, on top of that, I think Motivox Broadcasting has a couple of listeners on their own. Let's take a break. Stay tuned for the next segment. More with Robert Kahn when we come back and the healthcare bill of rights. Stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. If you've tried everything on the market and can't seem to get the radiant results you want from your skincare routine, it's time you stop shopping and start listening. Skin Health Today will help you take charge and start making smart choices for a lifetime of radiant skin and positive self-image. Join host Celeste Hilling and her esteemed panel of experts every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Skin Health Today on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back. Robert, I have to tell you, you are a superstar. I, I don't even know if it just pays anymore to, 
you know, shout out to your law business because my engineers and the listener feedback has come in and we've all decided that you should have your own talk radio show and it should be about current events and comedy because you are hilarious. <laughs> well, thanks, you know, I mean. I mean, you, nice you know place. how funny you are? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I sometimes tell jokes and people don't laugh, and you know, and sometimes I tell them and they laugh. And uh, at least you're a good audience. I mean, I know. Well, I mean, you know, the the cancer comments was, you know, Rush. I mean, you're quick. You're on. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think politics. that you know Jimmy Kimmel has to watch out. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you that, you were just you need to get a show for you on Comedy Central. Can we do that project together? Do you think you could handle it? I I probably would love it. I have secretly always wanted to, you know, kind of be a, do a little more acting than just in front of a jury. But I mean, you know, I could totally tell. I could totally tell. I mean, you could be, you know, the we could come up with like the shtick for you, you know, the comedic the the, the comedic litigator uh, or something like that. I don't know. Oh, there's and, a million of us. Uh, well, yeah, but you're like you have this like Jewishy sort of thing that I mean you're it's it's sort of unanticipated. It's like you know. <laughs> well, you know, I I do get people. You know, sometimes pe- people will say to me, "You're a litigator. You're you're way too nice. You, you seem like a nice person." And I said, "Well, you know, I'm not as nice in court. You don't want to be deposed by me." Sort of, you know, it's that schizophrenic thing, you know. Well, I actually, I've seen the serious side of you too, and but you know what? It's like you are, you know. I, I mean, you just are a funny guy, you know, that has to mask yourself in serious matters to make a living because it's what you do. But like, you know, you really are a comedian waiting to happen. Uh oh. <laughs> Let the world watch out. Oh, listen, you know, we could do it live from your home. I mean, again, I'm not going to give out geographic location or anything, but, you know, you have a sitting room area that would be great for, you know, live camera action. So it could be at home with Robert Kahn. There was a guy, there was a, oh, what's his name? used to do a radio show out of here. Um, What's his name? Dennis Prager. Sure. Sure, but I'm not talking about a radio show, honey. I'm talking about, you know, live, you know, television. (laughs) They could follow me around. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm really, uh, you know, a reality show, I don't know if we want to go that far, but I'm just talking about, you know, like you could be, you know, the Rush Limbaugh of your ilk, but, you know, we don't have to worry about really being anything near Rush Shoot Limbaugh me. because it would take about 400 of you to make up him. Don't put my name, Rush Limbaugh, next to Well, Limbaugh. honey, you've already, you, uh, you've already made the association, so now we have to try our best to disassociate it, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, no, but there's let's, very there's a lot of liberal for... talk show hosts out there that you could probably say that you would agree with a lot in their points of view. Am I correct? Yes, of course. Mike, you want to give us some examples of talk show hosts that I would agree with? Yeah. Uh, John Stewart. Well, there you go. And uh, you know what? I think that you could be John Stewart. So I mean, it's I've had perfect. dreams about meeting John Stewart. Uh, say that again? I've had dreams about meeting John Stewart. You know what? That's getting kind of perverted. Well, no, I mean, meeting <laughs> and talking to him. Uh, uh, David Bowie, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did, were, were the sheets wet when you woke up? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting very well, Portnoy's anyway. complaint here. Uh, you know, it's a part of who I am. I can't help it. <laughs> politically correct people are going to start complaining. Oh, they don't listen to you. 
Well, actually, they do, and then they complain about it and they blog about it. But again, that's what makes for relevancy. It's sort of like cancer, you know. I mean, some people really don't like what I have to say on the air, and a lot of people certainly don't like that I've spent 16 years running Playboy Enterprises with U.M. Hefner. But you know what? When you're out there as a public person, you kind of get used to it. I think it makes you cool. Uh, I started working in my pajamas. You know, I listen, just don't stay in them too long and don't start bringing in girls that are, you know, 16 years old and have them multiply and then have no, no, them go no. to the 21 same. is my minimum age. What? 21 is the minimum age. Oh, I'm glad to hear that, but the problem is once they start going to the same hairdresser and start and start looking like, you know, a Barbie doll factory, mm-hmm. that's when you get into trouble. And remember, Hefner's married too. So you can't say, well, you know, I'm married, Sin. Married? <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, because Hefner's married, too. He just bought the property next door to put his wife in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, go show, figure. Though. Although I have to it's say from a news standpoint, um, I read in the L.A. Times that they're actually putting that property up for sale. So, you know, you, too, can have a Playboy Mansion, Robert. I mean... If you want additional property headaches, you know, it's beautiful, it's in Holmby Hills, and it's a sister house to the Playboy Mansion, and it's up for sale right now for an inordinate amount of money. Oh, gee, my wife would just love that. Does it come with all the girls? No, because this is the house that he bought for his wife in the home next door. The girls were forbidden to go there. This was the family house, honey. Oh, does it come with the wife? Well, you know, I think that can be negotiated. <laughs> what does it look like? I, mean, I don't even know who she is. He married to some, I mean, who's he married to? Is he married to somebody famous? No, he's married to Kimberly Hefner, and they got married in 1989, and they have two sons together, Marston and Cooper. And, um, you know, Marston just started university in the East Coast, and Cooper's about to graduate from high school. And, um, you know, no, I mean, she's famous only in terms of the fact that she became the Playmate of the Year and she'd married um, U.M. Hefner. Um, I, I love her very much. She's a fantastic person, um, but never really loved the public spotlight, to tell you the honest-to-God truth. But she took um, the Tudor home, which is really was, was designed and architecturally built as a sister property to the mansion property when it was built and developed at the beginning of somewhere in 1922 or something like that. And um, it was built for the developer's sister. So sister home, real sister, um, you know, exactly. Architectural, it's an architectural twin. And um, what Kimberly did with that home is she made it into a magnificent living place unlike the Playboy Mansion itself, which is not such a magnificent living place. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, that news, it's public, was in the L.A. Times, and, um, you know, I, I, wish them, I wish them well, and I wish them luck in the sale of the property. But she did, you know, she did almost as good a job as you guys did with your property. It's she amazing. She consulted with us. Huh? She should have consulted with us. <laughs> well, I didn't know you yet. <laughs> we could have given her some tips. Well, I was gonna. No, I think that she did it first, honey. So you probably could have consulting with consulted with her. That's true. I mean, you know, she's the one that did it first, right? Right. Well, but, you know, you know, you, know, you had to make yourself more headaches by not consulting with people who may have gone through the same process. Well, we go to a therapy group every once a week. Oh, well, you know, that's probably the best. It's not covered by our health insurance, of course. Um, is it not? 
<laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's uh Oh, wait, wasn't that the subject we were talking about? Uh, yes, but I promised you that we would go off on tangents. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally to- promised you that we would go off on tangents. I don't know but... if it's covered by my, I'm, you know, actually, I think I have a $45 copay. Well, I think that most... Oh, that's right. I have the privilege of paying, I think it's, is it fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000 a year in premiums? So that I can then go to the doctor and pay forty-five dollars to see him. Well, but no, not well, that now towards my two thousand dollars deductible. Well, exactly because you know why you have Neiman Marcus Medicine. That's right. your package, right? And you so. know what? You can still have it. If we're not talking about you know getting rid of the healthcare system of the United States. We're talking about doing the right thing and having just a minimum level for everybody. You can still have your Neiman Marcus. Well, you know, you could have the discount section of Neiman Marcus, I think. Right. You probably won't get the new season couture. Right. But I What's think that? that you could definitely like. have, everybody can have a little bit of Neiman Marcus in healthcare. Um, and I think that's very encouraging if people don't listen to the rhetoric and panic. Um, and if they hire people like you to help them through the process, you know, yes, everybody can have a little bit of Neiman Marcus. Um, but in the, you know, as we finish this segment of the show and get to the last segment after the next commercial break, I really want to talk about how these, you know, people got to where they got to when they were in these town meetings, you know, with the Obama administration and, and you know, lost their shirts. I mean, and it's probably because they didn't know that they could purchase some kind of insurable, you know, some kind of insurance that would have protected them, or they could have gone through some kind of preventative measure that would have that would have saved them from getting to that place, right? Right. I mean, isn't that the point of this whole show? Yes. I, you know, with all of the talks and tangents and non sequiturs. <laughs> are, there are things out there people people don't even know about them. It's it's such a disjointed system we have in the United States. It's such oh, a it's, patchwork. I mean, so you know, anybody could go anywhere if they're not feeling good, even if they didn't have money, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? Right. What do they do? They go to an emergency you. you're, room. You're the host of the show. <laughs> God. No, but you're my expert and you're answering oh. questions, but we only have one minute left in this segment. And then in the next segment, Robert, we actually really have to address this. Okay. I mean, you know, now in in the last segment of this show, and you only have ten minutes left after this commercial break, okay, I really want to talk about what these, you know, townspeople, you know, the representatives of the people who were screwed by the system, by the the big bad Republican Bush administration, okay, and what, all the other ones before, and all the other ones before, what they really could have done that would have prevented them from getting into that situation. And I want to take the politics out of it. You know, they were used for the Obama administration's benefit, and that's fine. That's politics, okay. But what I want you and I to really discuss what they could have done that may have prevented them from getting into that situation in the first place. Deal? Okay. I, I think you can handle that, Robert. I'm even writing it down. Okay, so more in our final segment with today's show with Robert Kahn. Stay tuned. Don't go away. And, you know, we'll see you in a second. 
Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything. Except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back in our final segment with Robert Kahn, um, litigation attorney on almost any matter you can talk about. But, you know, really we're talking about health insurance today and, you know, the health bill of rights. And, you know, Robert, we were talking about the people who became sort of the faces of the Obama administration, the people who were screwed by past administrations and ended up losing everything because of, you know, some kind of mandatory health procedure that they had to spend their every single penny that they had or didn't have on in order to live and, you know, how they were affected. But, you know, in reality, they probably could have done things differently if they really, you know, would have, you know, followed the appropriate protocol. But, you know, part of the problem is is that the appropriate protocol isn't communicated very well, right? Mm -hmm. 
Am I right about well, that? I yes, mean, yes, and it's the greed. I mean, you know, we all want to get ahead. Everybody wants to do better for themselves, and so they scrimp, and you know, they they cut corners on certain things. And a lot of people will just say to themselves, "You know what? I'm young. I'm not going to get sick, so I don't need health insurance. It's so expensive. They don't cover many things, so they they kind of let it go." Yeah, there, there's a lot of those people. <clears throat> I'm assuming if they had stuff, you know, like things, like houses, cars, whatever. They could have afforded some kind of health insurance, even if it was an HMO or PPO or whatever. The different things are out there. But, you know, there are, I mean, that's the argument you get from a lot of people. Why should, why should the government pay for people that just choose to not have health insurance? You know, they choose to have a more expensive car than have health insurance. They choose for this and that. And there is some validity to that argument, I think. But the problem is that what we say is, okay, so if a person does that, and they have a catastrophic illness or a catastrophic accident. And then they say, okay, screw them. Let, they got to lose everything now so they can, you know, qualify for Medi-Cal or Medicare. And, you know, you just, you know, that's too bad. That's, you know, that's the heartless society. You know, the hell with them. Now, why shouldn't there be, like we talked about before, you said there's the Neiman Marcus, and I don't want to insult any particular chains that my wife shops at, but... <laughs> How did you know I was alluding to that? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they could go to the target. But, you know, you, they're still dealing with a whole host of other problems um, in terms of what's covered. I mean, how many times have you heard the story about, I mean, I was reading one, you know, about the girl who needed a, uh, a Northridge girl, right here in local Southern California, uh, needed a kidney transplant, and Cigna would not approve it. And there was a big uproar over it. And then they approved it the day she died. It was like, you know. And so, you know, the political pressure, they made a decision based on people screaming and yelling about it. But that's not the way it should be done. It should be oh. done because it's required. I mean, you know, could you, if she knew to call you, could you have helped her? I can help anybody. <laughs> I know, but that's how you listen. I, that, we, know, we know that. Let's not get well, out again here. Somebody, but that's really an important question. Yeah, they should have got. well, I don't know. Because, you know, Cigna just said it, was, you know, it wasn't going to work, it wasn't going to help her, you know, and then, and then they just got all this pressure and bad press, and then they said, okay, we're going to agree to it because, you know, it's, we're really these, you know, wonderful people, and we want to, you know, do the right thing, and, it's, you know, she died. They probably already knew she died before they said it, so they knew they weren't going to have to pay for it. Was there, was there litigation afterward, or? You know, I don't know. It was in, uh, I, didn't, I didn't follow the article all the way to see if there was. I know her brother was a was an attorney, so I would assume there was limitation. <laughs> well, yeah, I would think. Well, you know, it's a, it, it would be a good case for you to look into, I mean, to see what kind yeah, of I settlement was, you know. But, you know, I hear this argument uh, a lot also. You know, do you want some government official deciding what procedure you get or don't get? And, you know, of course, government official is synonymous with somebody who's incompetent and corrupt. and. <laughs> And uh, which it shouldn't be. No, I. You know what? I'd much rather have some insurance company executive who is going to be able to buy a bigger boat or a bigger house or a bigger country. The more he denies, you know, treatment to people, that's who I want deciding. <laughs> who I who decides my care? I don't want some, you know, incompetent government official who is, you know, who is probably satisfied with making the salaries making, and he's being told just do the right thing, and you know, and these are the criteria. No, I'd rather have a guy who's going to benefit from my demise. That's who I want. I know, no, well, no, exactly. But let's go back to the to the kidney girl. Okay, kidney the girl. kidney girl is important. 
She, I mean, from the other name. side, if this was litigated, okay, I think that arguments probably could have been made that, you know, she could have prevented this earlier. And again, this is not an emotional um, issue that I'm bringing forward. This is a legal issue that I'm bringing forward. You know, let's make believe we were the lawyers arguing the case about this girl who died because she wasn't granted her kidney surgery, right? Right. Um, the argument, you know, from the, from the hospital side or the medical side would be that she knew that she had this problem, I would guess. She had this pre-existing situation that she neglected for, you know, 20 years, right? I mean, you know, and again, I'm hypothesizing and guessing as if this is a law school case. Right. You know, I mean, isn't that what would have happened? Wait, what was the question again? You know, that the question was, is that from the lawyers from the medical side, if this was indeed, you know, tried, okay, um, would have said that this is something, you know, this was not because of the surgery that she wasn't granted. She didn't die because she wasn't granted the kidney operation. Mm-hmm. She died because she was very sick way before this. Right. Right? They can make that argument, but, you know, you know that's the thing about medicine is you never know what's going to work and what's not going to work. But the question, you know, comes down to what's, what's covered under her policy. I mean, in this particular case, I mean, it comes down to this, you know, contract with your insurance company, which is what I consider one of the big problems. And then you have this contract that is what we call in law an adhesion contract. You don't get to negotiate the terms of the contract. You know, they spell out what it is, and most people don't read all the fine print. And <clears throat> say right in the policy there, in this particular case, that if they determine that there is not a medical probability that it'll help her, then they can decide to deny the treatment. I'm sure it said something like that. And so they had some board that says, well, in our opinion, it's not going to, you know. But the bottom line is that they didn't want to spend, you know, a million dollars, you know, transplanting her kidney because that was going to take away from the uh, profits to the stockholders. No, no, exactly. It's it's just so moral versus business. It's um, it's really oh, quite oh, disgusting. But I think, like, if I were going to give my, my listeners a lesson, at the end of the show, um, preventative medicine is probably your best bet, and everybody can afford preventative, you know, visits, right? No. They can't. Uh. Not everybody can. I mean, <clears throat> if you are barely getting by and you can barely put food on your table, we have people in this country more now, of course, with this disaster, um, they can't afford health insurance, and you can't go to the emergency room and say, can you check my PSA level to see if I've got prostate cancer? All right, well, listen, you know what? We're going to have to have a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it's the end of the show right now. Okay. So, I mean, we're going to have to have a whole other show talking about this because there's a dilemma here, which is everybody should be able to afford, you know, at least preventative, you know, medicine. And I think that if anybody has any questions that... They definitely should check out your website, and I would guess that's www.conlawus, yes? That's right. Okay. And, .us. Um, Everybody says, what? I know, no. Well, I got it. And very patriotic. I want to really thank you, Robert, for spending a very humorous hour talking about these issues, but underneath humor there's always some serious messages, and the serious messages do not neglect yourself. Find a way to see a doctor affordably because there really are ways. And let's, you know, don't allow the symptoms to get 
so out of control that you can't manage it. And with that said, I want to thank you for joining us, Robert Kahn, specializing in serious personal injury, medical malpractice, legal malpractice, insurance, bad faith, and business litigation. Thank you, Robert. I hope you had a blast. I did have a blast, Cindy. Thanks. All right. You take care. You too, and happy you Passover. Second you too. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Idol. I've got synthetic Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.